Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Your friend of the show, Takeo Siddle, UNC Wilmington Seahawks doing big things between the five on the year, nine and the old CAA play. Takeo, what's up, brother? Good to talk to you again. How you doing, brother? Boss, man, what's going on, man? I'm doing well. Can't ask for, uh, can't ask for anything more right now. No doubt, man. I'm doing good. Enjoying an off day here. I see you on the bus ready to rock and roll and head towards Elon, man. Uh, so tell me about those guys you're going to see going to play there tomorrow, brother. Yeah, no, we, we faced them early on in the conference season and um, you know, they gave us everything that, that we could we could handle and um they were actually up with about eight minutes to go in the game. They were up ten on us and um, you know, they took us they they probably tested us a little bit. Uh but our guys uh, you know, they showed some resiliency and, and battled back and uh, we ended up closing the game out, but really good team that we're going to face. They're a lot better at their place than they are on the road. Uh, so just trying to get my guys to focus in on uh, what they need to focus on going down there to get a, a tough road win. No doubt. And, and to Kale, man, you guys are nine in the OCAA play. That's a tough conference. You and I both know how tough it is from top to bottom, at least nights in that conference. To be nine and old so far, hey, going to head for number 10 tomorrow. How's it make you feel seeing the progress your team has made since you've been head coach down there, man? You know, it, it's been great, uh, you know, because we've experienced a lot in the non-conference, you know, a lot of a lot of ups and downs and probably more downs and ups. And, uh, you know, for us to be sitting right here where we are right now, battling through, we battled through some adversity to get to where we are. Uh, and our kids have shown so much mental toughness and physical toughness. If you look at our schedule, uh, you know, I'm very proud of, of the progress we've made up to this point. No doubt, man. And like you said, man, you have 15 wins on the year already. And non-league play, send those different styles early to kind of match what you will see in CAA play. It's so important so guys kind of know how to play against certain defenses, certain styles, how they're playing. So talk about the importance of that when you schedule non-league games that it kind of mirrors who you, what you'll see in your conference. It's, it's extremely important, and that's why we that's why we scheduled the way we did. Um, so those guys would be able to get different looks. And so we would have to game plan for different types of styles. Same that we're going to see in our league. Um, and, and I thought, you know, Kirk Kanaski, my assistant, he, he does the scheduling for us. I thought he did a really good job, um, you know, helping us get prepared for CAA play with some of the teams that he put on our schedule. And, uh, you know, with how our non-conference was, was kind of tailored together is, you know, we were playing a lot of games, you know, have a day in between, which is what we're doing right now in CAA play. So it, it was everything to us as we uh, as we continue to go on throughout uh, CAA play. 
Now, Takeo, how important was it for you guys, man, to have a true spring and summer to springboard you in this year? Because I know 2021, 2020 year was kind of like, man, we we were trying to play. But this year, having to have a true spring and summer, how important was that for you guys' development and, and camaraderie for you guys leading you to this wins you've done and with regard to the adversity you went through earlier this, this year? It meant so much uh, to this team. It meant so much to me, uh, start, you know, building a program up because I've you know, I brought in eight new guys. Um, you know, if you include the walk-ons, I brought in 10 new guys. And for us to be able to get together and, and have a full summer um, and spend some time together, you know, build our chemistry, start building the system, um, you know, building the culture and, and showing them how we want things done. You know, it, it was everything. And I think, uh, you know, when I look back at, you know, what we went through, I think it really helped us out. I don't think we'd be at the point we are right now without that time. And no doubt, man, you know, it's crazy. It's almost be two years now since all this went down because uh, it was my birthday, March 11th of 2020. On my birthday was when everything got shut down. I was at the Hawks game working on my birthday when things went down. So for two years, man, having to, you know, coach a different way. When you're a new coach as well, trying to establish a culture, have to deal with quarantining and guys working with each other. Because like you said, man, when you're with your guys, man, it makes you work harder in the weight room, in the film room. Because I, when I played ball, when I was in, in, in Atlanta, whereas in Nashville, it was different for me. So I know how it was for you guys to have that camaraderie with, the, with being each other when you when you love each other want to be around your teammates, brother. Yeah, no, no doubt. And, and, you know, that time really helped us build so much chemistry. And this is the this is the, uh, you know, with this group, this is probably the most together group I've ever been around. And I've been coaching for 13 years at the college level. These guys truly love each other. And they, when we say family on three, they really mean it. And they really, uh, you know, their actions show it. So, yeah, man, the, the summertime was uh, so important for us, right, to be where we are right now. As I've watched you from a from afar to KO, man, I, I watched your team on the bench, man. They're engaged with each other. They're really about one another because they're this in time my hoes, they listen to what you're saying, they're locked in on you. So uh, how's you talk see when you see your young men on the bench locked in the way they are for their other teammates, even though they're not playing, they might want to play, but they're not slucking. They're with their guys. Talk about that and the culture you built the guys are still cheering for each other, even though they're not playing, but also being prepared by going to the gym every day. So if you call your number, they're ready, they're ready to go. Yeah, and, and the younger guys don't understand it as, as much as the older guys do. But, um, you know, I always talk to these guys uh, about just making sure they stay ready. Um, and we've had instances where guys wouldn't play for a couple games and then their number was called and they were ready and they produced. And now they're playing bigger roles. Um, and, and, you know, I always talk to them about just being a team and not being uh, consumed with yourself um, and not – you know, being happy for each other, uh, happy for each other's success, and just staying the course because, like you said, Jr., you never know uh, when your number's going to be called. You just have to be – we have to be in the right mind frame. I had a kid um, going into the other the game the other night against Drexel. He didn't play as much against Hofstra. And I called him and I told him, hey, man, you, you know, I could sense that you were a little upset. And um, I said, you're gonna, you, your number might be called tomorrow, but if, you're, if your mind is not in the right place and if you're being selfish and thinking about you not playing the last game, I said, you're not going to produce. You're not. So you need to flip your mind if you're thinking like that and be ready to go. And he had a really good game. 
Uh, so it's just, you know, one of those things with these young kids, you just kind of have to, you have to coach them through times like that. No doubt. And, and Takeo, you have some close games already this year. And I know in practice you do situational drills and practice situational drills and stuff like that, but it's not the same when you're going against an opponent with a referee and a crowd. So Kevin those experiences early in the year, man, as games become more important through, through this month into March, how important is it to have your guys go through this experience so you know how to coach to it? And, you know, we, we, we've been here before. Uh, this play did not work. We were running this way this time. So having a close game practice in live rep action, how's that been for your guys to teach them for, to, to go forward? Yeah, so like you said, we haven't had much time to practice those situations. So being, being able to go through it in, in games um, has been important because in the non-conference, in the non-conference, we – you know, we went through some of that stuff. We went through it, and, and it prepared us for conference play. And we were able to get over the hump uh, early. And we've experienced shit. All of our games have been close, every one of them in league play. And what we went through in the non-conference with battling through adversity and understanding how to handle it, uh, I think it prepared us for those 40-minute games when we hit adversity. Those guys don't even flinch. They just uh, they know how to get through it. And they uh, they battled through it, and we you know we pulled out some really really great victories. How's it been to have that home court advantage back, man? Uh, ninety one at home, man, having fans again, man, and uh, you know how important is defending that home court? Because you no, know, we don't say it's tough, but you want to win your win your home games and try to get split on the road if you can. So how about being ninety one at home and defending your home court down there, man. Yeah, our, our home court advantage is the best in the league and one of the best in the country, in my opinion. Uh, we have some unbelievable fan support. Um, you know, our community comes out. Our students come out. You know, we have uh, unbelievable backing. Uh, we do. And if you're going to win a championship, you have to be able to take care of home. And we've been able to do that um, in league play. Uh, we slipped one against Norfolk State in the non-conference. It was a really good basketball team. But we've been able to do it in league play. And like you said, if you want to win a championship, um, you have to protect your home court. Still, a few on the road, and uh, you know we've been we've been able to do that. No doubt. And another guy like you can see, man, is Mr. Sims, man. Their brother, offensively, defensively, leadership and intelligence, man, he's getting the job done for you. He is. He is. He's been everything to um, you know this program since I've been here. Um, you know, it's been he's had a lot of growing pains. He's been through a lot through his career, but I think it's made him a strong, a better person, a stronger leader. Um, you know, he's a guy that, that I count on night in and night out, uh, you know, whether that's practice, whether that's games. Uh, he means a lot to our program. You know, he's an unbelievable kid. You know, as good as he is a, as a basketball player, he's, he's an even better kid. He's grown. He's matured. Um, you know, I can't say enough good things about him and his character. And he's a great leader to have, a great ambassador to have for this university. And also, uh, Mike, man, on the defensive end there, man, giving defensive people – trouble is with his three-point shooting, giving you effort on, on multiple on both ends of the floor, man. About what Mike brings to your team as well, man. Like you just said, he brings the energy and, and we feed off of it. You know, he's picking guys up 94 feet. Uh, he's being disruptive in the half court, flying around. And I think when he's doing that, you know, he plays well on the offensive end. And on the offensive end, man, he, he's so fast. He can get to his right hand and finish. Uh, he can make threes. He can make pull-ups. Uh, so he's a tough cover, uh, but it all starts with his defensive energy, and he's been doing a good job of that over the last few games. I got two more for you, brother. Talk about the two guys from Georgia you got on your roster, man, and, and Kadeem and Amari, man, uh, and what those guys look for, those guys' futures with your program, man. 
Yeah, no, I'm excited about their future. You know, those guys are continuing to work. I know they'd want to be playing more than what they are right now, but it's a process uh, for them. But what they're doing is they're continuing to work. Both are really good kids, uh, got really good attitudes, high-character guys, um, you know, with strong work ethic. So I'm looking forward to them to continue to develop and have, you know, really good careers here at UNCW. And you got two new signees, man, uh, in the signing period here, Nolan Hodge and Nora Ross. Talk about what those, you know, mean to bring to your roster next year for you guys. Yeah, when we when we, we uh, recruited those guys, and when we were going out, I, I didn't know. I knew I was going to take one high school kid, uh, but I was willing to take two if if he was good enough and if he fit uh, our culture. And those guys, they checked every box for us. You know, both of them are uh, close to 6'8". I know they're listed to 6'8". They're 6'8", uh, skilled, athletic, um, unbelievable people, great families. Um, they're UNCW kids. Um, so we're excited to add them to our, our uh, family next year. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll play early in their career. So I'm excited about that, too. You know, that was a KO, man. Keep the, up the good work, brother. I know I'm cheering for you from afar here, man. So hope you keep getting them W's, brother, and hope you keep making that big dance hopefully in March, man. Awesome, man. Appreciate you, man. I appreciate everything you do, man. Anytime. Be safe, my guy. You too. All right, now. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.